Hey, what's going on, everyone? Today is January 1st, 2021. That's right, it is 2021. 2020 is now behind of us, that hell of a year. And you know what? We have, we're just looking forward. We want to remember the past. We don't want to complain about the past too much and, you know, stay in the present, not worry too much about the future. But man, was that a year to remember, right? And, you know, I'll get more into that later on in the podcast. But, uh, you know, I have a pretty interesting show. You know, I had a, I actually worked today. Well, I, no, not today. I worked on New Year's Eve. Um, yeah, as you know, I own a wedding company that's been highly affected by the, the pandemic. Um, basically, we are closed down. Um, not only am I a writer, well, I'm getting back into screenwriting. Well, I'm getting back into the entertainment industry. Why don't we just say that? And um, But right now, uh, my preference is actually to go back into the wedding industry because you make stable money and you have a lot less work. I hate production. I really hate it. I don't want to wake up early in the morning. I don't want to go to a movie set. I don't want to, you know, listen to listen to people tell me I think the script should be this way because they really don't know what they're talking about. I would rather not go back into screenwriting. I got my own thing I'm doing, but um you know, it's really tough when you work with a creative team, I'll just tell you that. So uh yeah, I did a wedding to, on New Year's Eve. That was kind of like some hell to go through because of the, the Department of Health they were pretty tough. They were pretty tough to work with. Um, you know, we almost didn't, the couple almost didn't get their marriage license. Tough, tough, man. But we, we, are, we were able to pull it off. It was like almost a miracle. It was like almost a Hail Mary type of thing. And uh, yeah, they, they got married and it was a Christmas, New Year's Eve miracle. And, and uh, it was just great. Really, really great. So we made some easy money there on the beach and had a lot of fun and Got a happy couple married, and they're in Hawaii enjoying their time of their life right now. Uh, but I got some other news for you today, because uh, before I left, I turned on OAN, and here we go. They had Georgia had a hearing, and you know I had some I had some time to burn, and I looked at I watched this thing, and here they are on New Year's Eve having a hearing, and these Republican legislators uh, over there in Georgia are, and they have people. Te- testifying on New Year's Eve, you know, while everyone out there is like getting ready for their party and all this, they have they were doing their due diligence over here. And I tell you what, you know, I'm not on the fence right now at all, uh, whether or not I believe this election was stolen or not. It was 100% stolen, and uh, anybody who believes that it's not stolen, okay, you may disagree with me, but. You know, you may just be ignoring the evidence. If you have an open mind and listen to the evidence, you know, it's it's almost impossible to, de- to deny something went on. So what I'm going to do is I want to get into that a little. And uh, I want to actually, I got to pay the bills like how I usually do. You know, do the quick, quick um, couple minute int- introduction and then go pay the bills. So I'm going to pay the bills right now, but come on back in about a minute. All right. All right. See you soon. Okay, and I am back. I'm ready to start talking over here. You know, it's 3.48 a.m. on New Year's Day, you know, January 1st, 2021. I do a lot of my podcast around 4 a.m. because uh, that's when I'm just about to go to sleep. The day's about 
to wind up for everyone else and all the news starts flooding in. And then at the same time, like, you know, I just finished up all my work around that time. So it's, uh, yeah, even though the pandemic is going on, I'm still trying to make things go, you know, I got to do, I got to do my thing, right? Got to do my thing. <laughs> but anyway, um, you know, I wanted to talk about this um, Georgia hearing and, uh, Rudy Giuliani was out there again testifying, and he gave his usual spiel. He does a great job out there. Um, you know, to really think, you know, here's the thing. When I, when I take a look at, you know, the easiest way to tell if a person is lying is just, to, is just to insult their character rather than to insult the case. So right now, we're seeing the left, they're calling, you know, Sidney Powell, um, Lynn Wood, um, you know, you know, Rudy Giuliani, and anyone else, you know, conspiracy theorists, crazy people, but these are not crazy people. If we take a look at the cross-section here, I mean, you know, Lynn Wood, you know, he sued, you know, the, the um, CNN, all these media people for like attacking Richard Jewell, and he's made a living defending people who have, who have unrighteously been targeted and their lives canceled by the media. You know, if you ever get canceled and targeted by the media and you lose your job, you lose your ability to actually you know, get employment because the media goes out there and slanders you, creates conspiracy theories about you, Lynn Wood is the guy who comes by and actually you know, sues them for hundreds of millions of dollars and turns you into a multimillionaire and teaches them a lesson. But you know, the funny thing is that they, they keep doing it. You know, they keep slandering and pushing out lies and et cetera, et cetera. And then you have Sidney Powell, the lady who defended Michael Flynn from the conspiracy theories that he was actually lying under oath and working with the Russians and all these different types of things. <laughs> you know, it was the FBI, Jim Comey, who was trying to set him up. And the Democrats were trying to set him up. And and for some reason, Obama hates hates Michael Flynn with a passion. It's because Michael Flynn doesn't go his way. He doesn't, you know, when Obama, when Trump took office, Obama told Trump, there's two people you have to watch out for. One is Kim Jong-un. Number two is Michael Flynn. That's, that's it. Michael Flynn, he's not a bad guy. Why do you have to watch out for Michael Flynn? Why is he putting Kim Jong-un and Michael Flynn's name in the same arena? That's really strange. I, I, can't under, I can't explain that for the life of me. All right. And then, you know, you have Rudy, Rudy Giuliani. This is probably one of the best mayors of all time. You know, I, I didn't really think that when he was the mayor of New York City. You know, I mean, I lived, you know, through that time. I was in New York City. around. The, I didn't live in New York City, but I vacationed and had business in New York City, um, doing business there a lot. I used to fly up there when he was actually the governor. Not the governor, but the mayor. And it was so clean and nice and, and, and safe to walk around there. And, I, and once he got out of office, Bloomberg was okay. You know, it, it, it was, things were not that bad. But, but once th this other guy got in, I forgot his name here, but things, the, the homeless people, the, you know, the, the crazy people, the, the drugs and, 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 the, and just the crime, crime just shot up. And right now, we're seeing people just leaving. I have so many friends who are just leaving New York City. And they are flat out just picking up and leaving, moving to Texas, moving to Florida. And these are people who are hardcore liberals. I mean, they, they hate it when they, you know, they've blocked me on Facebook because uh, they really don't like my politics. 
but they're out there. They hate, they hate um, that mayor over there more than they, they hate Trump. And you know, when they were when they moved out, as soon as they started locking down on COVID, they were moving out. And then Black Lives Matter, and then you know, all of the crime, the shooting up there. And again, these are hardcore liberals. Even the Black Lives Matter stuff, that kind of just scared them away. And you know, a lot of them were saying that Soho district is gone. So again, you know, you have the media, you have a lot of people, they're just insulting their character because they can't attack them on the facts. And what I saw today in this hearing, it was just incredible because there are, there are actually um, independent, uh, I guess, scientists, computer forensic scientists who were, you know, taking a look at the data, their own data, um, data which, which is actually, they're, they're showing how data is moved uh, from these Dominion machines and how they're, how they're um, you know, distributed to the media and everything like that. And, and it showed in this very complicated way, way but they, they simplified it beautifully, that Trump actually had lost votes, 30,000 votes, 100,000 votes, 5,000 votes during the, during the election. And they actually showed this in real time on CNN. You, you know that tally counter that they have there? That's actually distributed by the CITAL machines. So, you know, when they basically, they have a chain of custody. When, when you, when a person votes on a Dominion machine, it kind of makes this route where it goes to a memory card and then it goes to these Dominion machines and then these tabulators and then it goes to a site all machine, which then distributes that information to the, um, the government and then all of the news and everything, all the media, they get it all at the same time. And anyway, when they were distributing that, 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 um, the data in real time, there were votes actually being switched. And if you look on YouTube, some very smart people have have even taken these um, these clips, these small clips of YouTube videos where you can see the vote switching, the numbers between Biden and Trump. Like like all of a sudden Trump is ahead, and then all of a sudden Biden loses. I mean, Trump loses, and then Biden gains. So the votes are actually being changed. There's no reason for it. And that's not a computer glitch. And this guy who's a, this team who does computer forensic um, science for a living, I mean, they actually look at computer forensics to make sure there's no bank fraud or like they actually, you know, they, their job is to spot fraud. So when people, you know, do some really, you know, shenanigans of money laundering or with, even with Bitcoin and when they start, start trying to hide money from taxes and all these different types of things, the Fed and everyone, they'll hire them out to say, hey, this person is trying to hide their income. This person got this. And, and, and these guys are like, find, that's their job to find anomalies and then to prove it in court. And this is what they're, they were doing. They were doing this on the hearing, like right before I left. And it was just amazing. Now, a lot of, a lot of that also, there are some other people who testified, um, you know, again, like, you know, ballots, you know, ballots being shredded. There's no reason why ballots should be shredded. There's, there's, there's even people who were there for like, I think there, there are people there who are election officials who had, um, who there, they worked as observers, but never in their life have they ever been kicked out of a, you know, of a voting, uh, I guess of a voting precinct. They're kicked out. And you have to have observers there. The observers who are there are not just there to, like, you know, watch a football game. You know, they're there to actually make sure the signatures matched. And, you know, there's this one lady who, who went there. It's pretty interesting. She said that in, in charge of 99, 99% of the precinct that, that of her county was, 
she, that's one. There was one lady, lady who asked another older lady, older lady that she was in charge of who was in charge of the signature authentication, and she said she was. So this older lady and then um, was in charge of everything. So this observer asked, "Well, what is your experience in doing it?" She says, "Well, it's really simple because people people's um, signatures don't really um, change over time." Well, that's one hundred percent false. In fact, as we get older, um, our signatures get a lot more simplified. You know, um, for me, I just you know, <laughs> mine is real like real simple. It's like I, I could be a doctor right now <laughs> writing writing prescriptions. Yeah, you know, for me, I can't even you know label my own my own signature right now. From what I what what I signed back in high school is much different like how I sign my name now, and I'm sure it is that way for you too. If you take a look your, look at your signature back in high school, then to college, then to now. It is drastically different. So this one lady who was in charge of authenticating signatures over there in Georgia doesn't know how to do it at all, not at all. And then this one, this the same lady had said she took pictures of some ballots and the signatures that it was supposed to be verified next to, and they looked totally opposite. And then she said she did when she was doing the um, the recount, she did say she did object to certain of these these um these ballots. And these ballots, the, the the lady there who was in charge of it said, no, they're fine. They're fine. She actually filed a complaint against the, the election, I guess the, the, the election official there. And they said, oh yeah, we'll get back to you. Nothing happened. Uh, another lady came out and said that, hey, you know these watermarks that are on top of every ballot? And we know what watermarks look like. We all know what water, watermarks look like. They're not part of the print. They are never a part of a print. They're put on after something is printed, usually, or you know, either usually after or it's done beforehand on on the lower right hand corner. In this case of the ballots, they will be put in after a ballot is printed. A watermark goes on it, to, and that's a seal of that that's a seal of approval. And we all know how they look like. It's a little like clear little film that. When you look at it under light, under a certain angle, it reflects a little rainbow thing, right? Well, she said these watermarks for a certain amount of ballots were actually printed on the ballot. Were actually printed a small gray watermark. That means they were like Xeroxed. And then she made a, this is a different person, right? And and then she contested these ballots and they were all for Biden. All for Biden. And then on top of that, the circles were perfectly round circles, all made with the same ink, and it didn't even look like it was made with a ballpoint pen, more like a stamp. And she said this, and and the person there who was in charge of it said, nope, they're all okay, push it all through, and if you have a complaint, take it up with the state officials there. She filed a complaint over there and didn't hear back. So this is during the recount. And it, it doesn't look as though the recount did anything. They didn't throw out any ballots out there when they were Obviously, obviously, you know, there are some shenanigans going on here. And, you, and these are people who are testifying, swore under oath, have a written affidavit. So again, they could go to jail for lying. And you have all of this going on today. And then, you know, and, and just, it really makes me upset because um, well, I don't want to be upset on New Year's Day, right? But um, again... You know, how can anyone look at this and say there's no evidence? I mean, you really have to you have to exercise a level of ignorance to say, 
well, there's nothing going on. And then to use rhetoric to say, well, there's no widespread, you know, um, voter fraud. Well, okay, okay, fine. But there is voter fraud, correct? And we were kind of concluding that there is targeted voter fraud. And, and, here, and here's what really upsets me too. You know, when they say, oh, well, there's, there's about 10,000 people who, um, who actually uh, voted, who are 10,000 dead people who voted in Georgia. Now, I had to try to find this in Google. If you, if you Google um, how many people, how many dead people voted in Georgia, they come up with all these BS articles that say, oh, there's only two or three people who, who are dead who voted in Georgia. No, there's actually 10,000. And their Google is putting up those articles on the very, very top. So you have to go maybe about page 10 maybe right now. I had to go to page 80 or something like that to find an article that said, hey, there's actually 10,000 something, you know, dead people, like, like actually dead people who voted. And, and, um, and then there's a lot of people who were not, who are not registered, uh, don't have registered addresses in Georgia as well who, who didn't vote. And Joe Biden didn't win by that much, by the way. But the question is, even if there's only a hundred, a hundred people who are dead, who are voting, just say a hundred, right? There's someone who are telling them how to vote. I mean, how to get a dead, a dead man's ballot and to vote for them. You know, there is a machine, there's a process, not a physical machine, but there is like some type of organized crime syndicate doing all of this. And, you know, to think that voter fraud doesn't exist would be completely, you know, just, com- you have to be so ignorant. It just is, oh, I, I hate, hate repeating myself about it, but the level of ignorance and to think that Joe Biden, you know, again, you know, switched, you know, a lot of these red states into blue. When you go there, he couldn't even, you know, garner 14 people, you know, 100 people. And, and you know, here's, here's a really, really thing that just, you know, it just gets to me. So they just had the year's most admired man poll. You heard about that? So every year they have a year's most admired man poll, and Obama's been winning it because, you know, Obama's a cool guy, right? And again, Joe Biden, he got way more votes than Donald Trump. He eclipsed what he called, um, I mean, Biden eclipsed Obama's votes by a lot. I think by Obama got 64 million votes, you know, and then I think Joe Biden got 81 million. So he should be the most popular man in America, correct? I mean, easily, because he got more votes than Trump too. Trump got 74 million, right? So, but then this most admired man poll, Donald Trump is number one. He took it over from Obama. So he, he, Donald Trump is number one, Obama's number two, and Biden is a very distant three, very, very, very distant. And then LeBron James is way even more distant, but then LeBron James is up there too. So what does that tell you? I mean, if how can the president get the, you know, 80, 81 million, the president-elect, we can't call him, no, not even that, we'll just call him Joe. It's an insult to the office right now to call Joe Biden the president-elect. I'm sorry for that. Probably triggered a couple of you guys there. But how can Joe, Sleepy Joe, get 81 million votes and not even come close to being the most popular man of all time right now in 2020? Because he's supposed to heal the nation, right? Okay. I don't know. 
I don't really know. And I, and I can't answer that for you. Can you answer it for me? I, I, I really can't do it. You know, the, the, the question here is that, you know, you know, some people ask me, eh, you know, they ask me, hey, Steve, how do you feel about, about the, you know, what's going to happen right now? Do you feel positive about it right now? I'm being honest. Like right now, I don't. I, I really think they're going to steal it from us. I really do. I'm not very positive. You know, Mike Pence, uh, you know, Mike Pence, he doesn't have the spine of Donald Trump. You know, Mike Pence is a peacekeeper personality. He likes to keep the peace. He's a coward for the most part. He never likes to argue, get up there and like point the finger. He's very much easygoing. He wants peace, peace, peace. You know, and there's nothing wrong with that. It doesn't mean he's corrupt. It just means he's a coward, right? It doesn't mean he's part of the deep state. It just means he's a coward. So remember that, you know, don't, don't go pointing the finger at, cause we don't have no proof that he's part of the deep state. And even though the deep state does exist, I'm, I'm not going to label him, you know, part of the deep state until he actually, we actually have some proof that he is part of the deep state. All right. Okay. So other things I want to talk about right here, it's going to go segue into something entirely different here. Uh, this vaccine right now. Vaccine, you know, it's being distributed. It's not being distributed as fast as we wanted to. Uh, and we have this new COVID out there on, on the rise. Uh, the COVID strain, um, kind of like a, we, we thought, well, not we, we but then um, it, it was, it was, it was going to mutate. It's a, it's an RNA virus, right? So it's going to mutate. It's just like the flu. It's going to, it's going to eventually get more contagious, which it did. And it was just a matter of time till it got more contagious. But with RNA viruses, for some reason, and it may not be with this COVID right now because they're, they're still studying it, but when RNA viruses mutate, for the most part, they get a lot weaker. So even though we have a stronger, um, more contagious strain of COVID coming out there, it may not be as deadly. So this may actually be a blessing. So this is a this is how viruses kind of burn themselves out in a way they they actually mutate become more become more contagious because again the one thing for a virus is that they want it to live and for them to live they have to a keep spreading and b keep the host alive right they can't just be so strong that they're going to just burn themselves out really quick like that's what happened with SARS and MERS it was really really strong I mean the death rate down there is really high but it burned itself out within about a couple months so. Um, this right here, I mean, it may be that it's going to be a very weak strain and this coronavirus may just become something that our bodies have to get used to eventually in the future. Do you know that the coronavirus, the common code, most of them are versions of the coronavirus? I mean, they are coronaviruses per se. And a lot of times when you take that PCR test out there, they are testing you for the coronavirus, which is the common code. So a lot of people who got the common code, you could come back with a positive, you know, and you don't even, you don't really have you know SARS-CoV-2, you just have the regular you know regular coronavirus common code, and then another thing too with all that because we here in America because we mul- multiply our results test by forty, um, that means that you can have dead virus in your nose. That's why you're asymptomatic, right? You have dead virus in your nose. Uh, by the way, I want to talk about what's one thing about um, vaccines, and uh, I, I've been studying them. Uh, I listened to a guy called Dr. Jacob Glanville who who creates vaccines. He's creating he, Dr. Jacob Glanville. Uh, he's a star of um, that pandemic show on Netflix, and he kind of re- reminds me of Egon from Ghostbusters. 
even though he's not. I mean, he doesn't, you know, have that cool hair, you know, that cool pompadour like Egon does. He kind of has curly Q hair. Um, but um, real smart guy, rides a skateboard. And uh, he was, when I, when I first started talking about um, um, synthetic antibodies to fight COVID, uh, it was his company, Distributive Bio, who were, who were actually creating them. And there's other companies, bigger companies than his, who created other, um, you know, synthetic antibodies. His, I think, will come out probably in March or so. And uh, that's a good thing too. So th- once these, once we actually have therapies more more so than than the vaccine, um, COVID will kind of disappear. Because uh, if if you get sick, you know, <laughs> you know, curing yourself would be as easy as just going to the doctor and getting a shot. That's how easy it is with with uh, with these synthetic antibodies. And that's exactly what Donald Trump did with the Regeneron. That, that's what happened with. Ben Carson, um, uh, Dr. Drew just recently got, got like a synthetic antibody shot and he's fine. Um, so his body's just, just recovering right now. Um, but all of these people are either, um, out there right now. I think, I think even Rudy Giuliani got the synthetic antibodies and he's, you know, look at him. He's, he's like, you know, he's, he's walking around just fine. Um, the problem right now is that we have doctors who are more politicized than being doctors and they don't want to give, any medicine to to patients right now until it's too late. I mean, they won't give them hydroxychloroquine, remdesivir um, until it's too late. They'll, they'll give them convalescent blood, but they think convalescent blood, uh, you know, it, it depends if you have a good batch or not. Because if you have a convalescent blood with like really bad antibodies, because not every every antibody is the same. Like if you and me get sick, have COVID, your antibodies may be better than mine. So if I give convalescent blood. Then mine and I have like really piss off poor like you know antibodies. Well, whoever whoever is the unlucky one who gets my blood, my plasma. Well, it's not going to help them at all. But whoever gets yours will be lucky. So you know, it, it it's kind of bad because there's so many doctors out there who are not who are just not treating patients the way they should. But uh, when it comes to these these vaccines, it's very interesting because. Um, I know there's a lot of anti-vaxxers out there, and you know, and you know what? To tell you the truth, you have all the right to be anti-vax because not all vaccines are safe. Vaccines can do a lot of damage to a people, to a lot of people, um, especially if, if it includes a live virus in there. Now, these don't have a live virus; they're using mRNA technology, which is very different. Um, but even then, if there's a, a live virus out there, and um, an antibody creates a vaccine creates an antibody that has spikes to it. Then that then that um, antibody which the vaccine created, well, if it has spikes on top of it, then all other like you know, all other viruses can get attached to that one antibody, and you end up getting a lot more sick than um, than than you than you should. So that's actually a worse response. You, you know, you're better off not getting a vaccine at that point. And there are some people who get that type of allergic reaction. When you get a flu shot, some people say, wow, I just got this temperature and all these things. It's because the vaccine is malfunctioning. It's, it's not doing the, your, your body is, not, is creating a different type of antibody. And, and that's the gamble with vaccines. You're, you're not sure what type of antibody, like, you know, you're not 100% sure how your body will respond when you get to these antibodies, um, especially when you get to the older age. Um, that's why you, when you're younger, you want to get vaccinated um, because your bodies will produce more antibodies You know, when you're younger. When you're older and you have a compromised immune system, the odds of you, you know, your body producing the right type of antibodies go way down. 
Uh, with this mRNA stuff is kind of kind of interesting though because it's um they're not using a live virus to trigger your your um your your immune response. They're using um, messenger RNA, and uh, what it's doing is tricking your body into creating those antibodies as though it were sick. So again, if you get a little bit sick, that means you're you know you you that means that's your body reacting to it and creating the antibodies. So if you have a headache and everything like that, that's kind of natural. So um, it's not a bad thing. Okay. Now, there are now there have been reports of some deaths now. With uh, they're not sure if they're associated with COVID, with this um, COVID vaccine, um, but I think four people, four elderly people, have died from uh, around the time they got the vaccine. I think some two hours after they got it, some four hours. But these were all people who were like in their high eighties. A lot of them had comorbidities already. Um, so, and it's such a small percentage of like the people who are actually getting va- vaccinated. You really can't draw a conclusion. Now, again, I know you're anti-vax, but we're just talking complete science here. We can't draw a conclusion because there's a lot of older people who of, of the same age who have gotten it. Then nothing had, had happened to them. You're right. Um, now, regarding some other things, too, like with the vaccine, um, there's been reports of a, a nurse, uh, a male nurse, who, who actually got infected with COVID right after they got the virus. I mean, right after they got the, they got the shot, and um, now people are saying, "Well, look at that," because the the, the shot probably called, caused them to get sick. Well, it can't because there's no live virus inside of the shot. All right, so inside of the again, that's this vaccine has an mRNA, so it's a, it's a fake, it's a messenger RNA in, in there. It's, it's tricking your body into thinking it's sick with COVID, and and, it, and it's creating the creating the antibodies that way. So there's no way that this nurse got, actually got COVID from the vaccine. Now, the nurse is actually, you know, he, they did take the PCR test and he did get COVID. Here's the thing about it. Um, when you take the vaccine, you know, there, there's two shots to this vaccine, right? So you're only going to be 95% immune, supposedly, to, to COVID if you take the second shot. Now, after the first shot, they say you're 85% immune, but it takes about three to four weeks to get there. So again, if you just took the shot in one day or one or two days, you're still susceptible to getting sick. You can still get COVID, all right? Now, here's the other thing too. Just because people think just because they take the vaccine doesn't mean they're going to be, um, they're going to be uh, non, non-infectious. They won't be able to spread COVID. Well, that's completely BS too. You know, uh, a doorknob can spread COVID. If someone with COVID licks a doorknob and then you touch that doorknob and then you, you touch your friend, um, you, you, you touch your friend's mouth with your hand, you've just given him COVID. And, and you know, if your friend licks that doorknob, that doorknob can give, you, give him COVID. So just because, again, you know, you, you, you can't get sick doesn't mean you can't spread it. So all of this, you know, all of this Instagram science right out there, some of it passed by nurses, which is kind of weird. They're saying, "Oh, they've got their, they've got their, um, you know, vaccine, and now they know they can't spread it." That's total baloney. That is total baloney. You will still shed the virus like how you would. It just you just won't get sick, and um, you you know you may if you get a PCR test, you may still have COVID. You may have COVID inside your nose. And you, oh, that that COVID will be a dead virus, though. But you still be you'll still come up with a positive COVID test because the positive the way they, they test COVID right now 
Well, you know, with 40 multiplication, it'll, uh, a dead, dead COVID cells will come up as positive. So take that to the bank, right? Take that. Now, the, the vaccine is actually pretty slow in rolling out. And Biden is trying to point the finger at Trump, you know, saying that, oh, you know, you know under his administration, uh, they're really going to roll it out really quick. Well, the truth is, <laughs> city and counties, they're, they're just not, you know, ready yet and, and, and geared up to really distribute this right now. Eventually, they will be. You know, um, I think it's the Pfizer one. It does require really low refrigeration temperatures. And I think they have some other ones that really don't. But right now, they just can't, they, they don't have a way to store it right now. So you, you can't, and they don't have refrigerators big enough. So again, this thing has to be you know you know stored at really really below freezing temperatures before it's administered, and it has to be transported very carefully. So you know not every small county and everything can you know can can carry it. It just has to t- it would just take time, and it's not Trump's fault. Of course, Biden will say things will change under him, but you know we'll see how well he'll lead. We'll just see. All right, people. Well, that's it for today. It's about you know. 29 minutes in, and I think you got better things to do than to listen to me talk. I do have some movie reviews coming up, by the way. I did find some good movies for you to watch. Um, I, Fat Man is really good. Um, Superman, I got the, there's a Superman cartoon where um, super, it, it kind of like um, answers the question, if what, what if um, Superman crash-landed in Russia instead of the United States? What would happen then? That's pretty cool. And then I have Wonder Woman 84, which I am going to like um, talk about as well. But I'll see. I'm going to try to get my friend Keith to come in there and, uh, you know, start reviewing those movies with me because that'll be a kind of fun thing to do. But that's about it, people. It was good talking to you. I hope your um, New Year's uh, New Year's uh, Day is really good. I got some people messaging me right now. You hear that? <laughs> so, uh, I keep forgetting to put it on mute. I'm so sorry. Okay, people, I am out of here. Take care.